Okay, and what were you saying now? You, you saw some movies? Oh, yeah. I watched some movies that, that we're doing for this show here. Well, that tends to uh, be your assignment. That That's a good idea instead of watching four movies we didn't discuss. <laughs> yeah, it, it would make the show a lot more awkward if I watched four totally, completely different movies. Yeah, well, I watched Willy's we Wonderland. <laughs> you're going to talk about? <laughs> Although that would... At the same time, though, that could be fun, where I just kind of lift, let, you, let you talk about four movies that maybe I've seen once, and be kind of like, uh-huh. Oh, uh, and oh, that poorly, gnarly. I will poorly describe them, because you know I'm shit at describing movies. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. It'd be like, what is it, uh, from True Lies, I think it was, where it's Arnold's uh, little, little phone mess. No, 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 I'm sorry, it's... Uh, Last Action Hero, where he's got the phone, the answering machine that he just plays. Oh, yeah. That uh, just yeah, responses yeah. Uh-huh. to a person's uh-huh. sure. questions. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what, now that we're back on subject, <laughs> which one day we're going to discuss Last Action Hero because that falls under the title of Video Night Beyond's category of Weird, Wild, Beyond the Reality Films. Now, what are the four films that we are discussing this episode? We're going to have to wait and find out one at a time. I am Michael and Jake. Jo- yeah. I almost said Jacob. Sorry, John. John. Jacob. 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 And John. <laughs> yeah, not not Jacob. My Sorry. name is John. Sorry. Jacob is... Although, uh, I guess John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, that's my name too. Really? You should sue that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, we... I don't know whether or not I sh- the we had a discussion about the first one I think we'll be talking about a little bit where honestly I don't know if I made the right call or not because I dislike Dune quite a bit. Oh god, I couldn't. We, we thought about it, I could not. I had to sit through I had to sit through Supergirl and I know I've seen this before but I I couldn't remember if you know, couldn't remember anything about it, and I went, "All right, you know, it can't be that bad." Woo! Especially because, <laughs> well, especially it's the extended version that that is on uh, HBO Max. So it's like, this is the one that's supposed to make more sense, and no, <laughs> this is this is bad. <laughs> like, I mean, okay, I guess it makes sense because the director is also the guy who gave us Santa Claus the movie and Jaws. Okay, now that's the thing is this is when the Saul kinds no longer had control over Superman. It got sold to Canon, and there's this weird period where they didn't know what they were doing. So they did Santa Claus on paper. Santa Claus and Supergirl looked like they'd be great, a lot of money, great cast, uh, very inventive stuff going on. But it's both are incoherent messes. Yeah, especially like this film has a hell of a cast because you know you got. Faye Dunaway, Peter Cook, Peter O'Toole, and they're bad. Yeah. Oh, Very everything bad. in this is bad, except Helen. I mean, at least Peter O'Toole seems like he's ha- trying to have fun. He also looks but... like he's half in the bag the whole fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, yeah, it looks like you got, there's this nonsense about a, uh, a fidget spinner that powers this entire <laughs> city that that somehow uh, you know somehow the city exists even though Krypton exploded it's some weird pocket dimension thing that's underwater cause and it, oh, and it has 
the most paper thin walls ever. Because <laughs> the second that second that this thing like like uh, our hero our heroine uh, cre- uses it to create life and creates this like little uh, kind of dragonfly mosquito thing, and it just you know flies around for a little bit and then just says, you know what, fuck this, I'm gone, and just like I said, just bounces through when I bounces just tears through the paper thin walls of this city that's in a void <laughs> yeah I'm like I was like what kind of risk are you people putting yourself on every day with this reinforce those fuckers yeah this, yeah it just oh my god and somehow the city also knows that not only did Cal L make it to earth okay our heroine, Supergirl, uh, she knows not only his secret identity, but also like all the people that that Clark Kent knows. Apparently, like somehow he's been sending them regular, uh, you know, sending them updates on his life or something. Uh-huh. It's <sighs> this movie. It's so fucking long did. too. It, the whole thing makes no sense to me. They, so we spend forever waiting for her to get to Earth. And when she does, it doesn't make any sense how the costume comes about or, or how she can change her identity. Or how all of a sudden the ball becomes so obviously important to uh, Faye Dunaway and Peter Cook. By the way, Peter Cook is fucking insufferable in this. He's just so smiley yeah. and slimy and I just don't like him. And it's it's just mind-boggling why she's set so much on this one guy when she could have anybody she wants and causes all this chaos, even puts his life in danger. It, it's just nonsense the whole way. Yeah. Well, it's like – and that's the thing. It's like it, we're talking about Faye Dunaway's uh, – her, her motivation. She has no motivation. It's just she wants to become powerful, they, like become a powerful witch. Yeah. Then she just wants to bang this dopey gardener. Then all of a sudden she wants to be princess, you know, of the earth or something. Because, like, all of a sudden she creates a giant mountain with a castle on top, and apparently that makes her the ruler of the earth? I fucking flummox. This whole thing is just, uh, I, at least, okay, so Santa Claus the movie is incoherent, but at least in its how it lays everything out, Supergirl is all... Pointless, useless, confusing garbage. None of it makes any sense. It's only because Helen Slater is so devoted in this role, and she's great, is the only reason people have any fondness for this movie. Yeah, she's very sweet and naive and and just nice, and that's... If they had spent more time with with her actually trying to uh, be, you know, like, it'd be a little bit more of, like, say the second half of Superman where it's like, okay, yeah, she's come to this, this foreign, this, this foreign land and she's trying to make her way as well as, you know, find, you know, as she's trying to track this thing down, actually, you know, spending a lot of time trying to, you know, see this world through, through her eyes would be a lot more interesting, but they just don't go anywhere. And again, it's basically just about two, Two girls fighting over a boy. Yeah. Or or the fact that she keeps name-dropping and, Superman, they force Jimmy Olsen... Jimmy, is that right? Jimmy Olsen? Yeah, into it. And it's just like, it could have just been its own thing. We would have been fine. It has the word Supergirl in it. We can figure it out. 
Yeah. Well, they also, since they couldn't get uh, Christopher Reeve, they have a picture of him at one point, and they just kind of like, oh, yeah, there's his cameo. But it, like, there's, what was it? I I had one note. There, there was one thing I did like, which, okay, our villainess summons this uh, little shadow being to uh, to go and stalk, stalk Supergirl and get her. And I will admit when it's actually, like, coming up on the school, there's actually some neat effects there. That was probably the best, you know, like, she's fighting an invisible enemy, which is always a problem in a film. Yeah. But they managed to make it seem a little threatening and a little interesting, and I will give the film that one little sequence, and it's not even... It's not a great sequence. It definitely doesn't doesn't end well, but uh, like the effects of it as it's coming up and it's crushing a car and it's you know le- you know indenting the earth as it's coming up. That stuff was actually kind of cool. But no, yeah, <laughs> I do not recommend this one oh, at all. God. And the funny thing is, Warner Brothers didn't have Unless it for a while. The, it was with uh, Anchor Bay well, for a the, long time. Maybe the older cut is better. Yeah, I, no, no, just don't. Just, just skip the whole damn thing. <laughs> just watch the show. Even the show is a little fumbly, but it's better than this. Yeah, I, I think the the show is lame, but definitely better than this. Yeah. Next. So. <laughs> next up, yeah, we could have watched Dune, which then I would also be bitching about. So. Yep. Again, I don't know if I made any. Uh, <laughs> A good choice or not? I tried watching 2010 uh, but, as an alternative, and I that was boring as hell too. Yeah, I, I do have some hope for that new one that's coming out, but even then, I don't know. But our next up was uh, the Philadelphia Experiment. A little lower budget than we normally get in this, but it's more about the concept than the execution. The execution's a little clumsy. Yeah, it, it's it's okay. I, I will state that. It's not great, but, but again, it's based on the alleged World War II military experiment that attempted to make a ship invisible to radar, and maybe invisible, but then instead, allegedly, teleported it to New York, then another dimension, and then when it came back, all of a sudden, it, you know, like maybe the sailors were killed or some of them refused two parts of the ship and people just kind of claim that this happened but then again the main person who claims that it happened is a crackpot so <laughs> well you know probably it probably didn't happen but uh this basically says oh yeah you know we're, we're gonna take take this idea but then two sailors on this ship get transported to 1984 and then it turns into a road trip and yeah, it's okay. It's kind of kind of short circuit e, minus obviously minus a robot. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's like it. It feels. It kind of has that feel to it. And you know, it basically they're the longer they stay in in eighty four, the they're gonna just start uh, disintegrating and uh, disappearing and stuff. And you know, because what ends up happening is that while they're in 19, you know, in World War II, it was what, 1944, I think, when that happened? Uh-huh. In 1984, they're, the government's trying to replicate the experiment and makes the town disappear. 
and so it's created a huge black hole type cataclysm that's going to the longer that, that these people are stuck in in nineteen eighty four, the more likely it's going to be that it'll tear the world apart or something. Right, right. Something like that. Now, apparently this was not a John Carpenter idea. I've heard, I've read different things. This is presented by John Carpenter. He was just paid a lot of money by the studio to attach his name to it, which is a, a, a thing that uh, Dimension would do later with Wes Craven, and that he only kind of oversaw, like, oh, that the script looks good. Okay, I'll put my name on it. That's it. Yeah, like, I, I, I thought he had written, like, not necessarily, maybe not necessarily a draft, but, like, a treatment or something like that. Where he had, he came up with some ideas that ended up in there, but someone else went and actually did did the legwork in this. And like, like I said, there's some there's some fun stuff in here. Like one of our our hero who actually makes it to the end of the film, he's got a little culture shock going on as you know, you know, Germany and Japan are allies and Russia is the enemy. You know, Ronald yeah. Reagan is president. A joke that they made one year before Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, it's a movie that has a lot that happens in it, and yet not a lot happens in it. Yeah, it's... Because again, it's a road trip, really. Yeah, it's also a like of, a $3 million budget, so they, they had to focus on the characters. Yeah, it's it's all character piece, and not really, you know, it's like, here's these big scientific ideas in the background. You know, our dude is, you know, it has a glowing hand at moments. That's about it. Yeah. Again, except for the other dude who go, ends up in the hospital and then, like, just blows up while he's uh, being helped by the by the doctors and stuff. Yeah, I think it's a fine little... Yeah. They made a sequel to this, too, years later, uh, like in 94, but uh, it's not it's not as good. But it's like saying <laughs> that it was great in the first place. It's well, yeah, well, there's also a remake of it too. That oh, right. uh, the main, our, our hero, our, our male lead, I can't think of the actor's name, Michael Perret. Uh, he stars. He's he's in the other one as well as like one of the generals or something. Okay, yeah, I remember. I no, no, I, I forgot. I saw that. Yeah, he, he plays a bad guy in the next one. Yeah, so uh, if you like, if you like uh, dumb conspiracy theory uh, related movies, it's. It's fine. Oh, give me. Not not, <laughs> not not the best movie on our list, but not the worst either. What is the next one? Kind of The next one's Runaway. Oh god, I love this movie even though as I've got older. Yeah, as I've gotten older it's campier than I remember it being, but <laughs> it's still pretty good. Well, it's uh, Yeah, it, it's written and directed by Michael Crichton and he actually did do a good job of predicting uh, quite a few things. There's kind of like a Facebook, you know, type social uh, uh, social media type thing. There's uh -huh. drones. You know, I mean, a, pretty much at the beginning, there's like almost a one-for-one one accurate drone that flies into, uh, flies into this house at one point. But it's... How to put this? Oh, you said campy. Yeah, it it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, but like, it, for a movie I, that's filled with smart ideas, it's again. I, I wrote like one of the first one of the first things. Tom Selleck's job is basically he gets a new partner in Cynthia Rhodes, and basically they're just shitty Blade Runners. 
worse. <laughs> well, Cause, okay. Cause You're the so robots mean. that they have to take care of are shitty looking robots. Like they're the least threatening robots they are, the least <laughs> useful robots. Now. <laughs> I mean, my god. Like the, the first ones that they have to fight are like the like little harvester robots in a uh, you know, in this cornfield. And literally our our heroine just picks the thing up and it's like, I got it I think they had a short story it explodes or something, but she doesn't get hurt, really. Yeah. But it's like wow, this is there's a robot that kills its family. That's like the first murder committed by a robot. And it gets a hold of a gun. And when you see it holding the gun, it's not, not like it's not like a robot that's standing or anything. How the fuck did it kill people with a knife to begin with and then get a hold of the gun and be threat considered threatening? It's a box with a with a pole that moves a little bit, like a little little grabby arm. I've seen robot in those like a little robot build a robot and kill each, you know robot fight. Oh yeah, maybe. BattleBots. Stop your bitching. <laughs> I'm a competent, okay? I can't afford good equipment. Hey, how about this? How about I just fly your ass out here? <laughs> or I fly my ass out to you? <laughs> Hi, everybody. We're awkward a moment because... Both work. Both work. Okay. All right, where are we at? I forgot. Are we, are we back up and recording? I don't know what we're doing. We were talking about... Well, runaway. we were talking about how crappy the robots are. Oh. When I was a and kid... The, the robots in yeah. Runaway suck, and... What yeah. was it? When I was a kid, I thought it was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen, and in in especially those little spider bots. But now I couldn't stop giggling because it's so ridiculous. Well, the spider bots. Okay, I guess these things inject you with acid to kill you, right? Yeah. But then they also just explode. <laughs> oh, so yeah, just explode. Why do they bother injecting you with acid if they're just <laughs> going to explode on you anyway? They're walking bombs that <laughs> stick in you. Right. It's needlessly complicated. But then again, this is is Gene Simmons who can't act, but But he's very good at saying Ramsey the, the, the little <laughs> wiki wiki trivia about this. And he was basically hired because uh, Michael Craig just had him stare at him without making a face uh-huh. for like a minute and said, Okay, you look tough. I'm going to hire you. Wow, that's lame. Yeah, so th- there's a reason why... Th- there's a good, fairly good reason why this movie didn't do well. Well, and it I'm also opened sure in Star Trek Jesus. 3. Because <laughs> <laughs> Selig isn't bad in this. No, like, I really Selig's like him fine. in this. Yeah, yeah Kirstie Alley's okay. You know, She does what she needs to do. Cynthia Rose is fine. Heck, oh, this film has G.W. Bailey in it, for those of you who like uh, Police Academy. Yeah. Played basically the same role. But yeah, in a dramatic film. Not as funny. But yeah, I kind of gave up on writing notes after the movie apparently had a psychic show up at one point. And I was like... All bets are uh, off! I'm I'm done doing notes, I'm just going to just... 
watch this and it'll end eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah, just the movie just kind of started to do things and that was it. Yeah, it's. I think he gives a wonderful performance. I believe him at the end when he's terrified of heights and he's desperate to get away from the spiders and save his son. I think his son is terrible. I think there's some choices in this that are really weird, but there's some great ideas. The 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 chasing bullet was uh, a cool idea back then. It the the the, the heat seeking like it it knows your uh, your heat signature and stuff like that is an interesting idea. Except like the first time we see it. It's like not only is it a homing. It's like it's doing impossible things by the laws of physics. It's it's acting like it's a man holding a camera running around through a, through a back alley set. It's like the later on stuff where he's like shooting at Tom Selleck and trying to try to get him like in a crowded restaurant. Then it a little makes a little more sense because it's. A little more focused, directed, even though it's, it misses him. But it's like that bit it made sense. But the first time we see it, it's like it's impossible. It's the it's the stealth arrow from Robin Hood Men Tights. Oh right, yeah. I was trying to remember. Uh, well, Prince of Thieves, I think, is the first time we saw that. Yeah, and then of course it got stolen from like Sniper and a whole bunch of other movies after that, where you're just falling bullets around. Yeah, it, it's it's fine. Like I said, the, this movie is dumb if you're looking for something that's just kind of outlandishly silly and yeah it can't be yeah okay i'm not gonna it's not it's not as bad as supergirl no you realize we could have discussed ice pirates but you already did that for someone else you dick <laughs> yeah yeah I, already, I saw that one and also didn't particularly like it oh okay <laughs> I'd say yeah, for something yeah. else. Look up, look up the show. What did we just watch with Ice Pirates? I, yeah. I think I blow Andrew, our friend Andrew's mind with with me not liking that. Thank film. God you added the mind because I didn't know it was that kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is our uh, fourth and final last, film? The last film that we did for this for this set is definitely, I think, the favorite of the bunch. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across yes. the Eighth Dimension. A movie that could have been incoherent if it was handled by a different director, but it just fucking works. Yeah, that's that is the thing. I okay, it has been over. I, I don't know exactly how much more, but it's been over twenty years since I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I I don't know exactly when the last time I saw it was. I almost think I had it on DVD, which means that it would have to have been at least within 20 years, but I don't know. But I sat there and just went, I remember really liking this movie, so please don't disappoint me as I press play. Yeah. Because, you know, Buck Rubanza is this renaissance man who's a rock star, brain surgeon, physicist, who drives a rocket car through a mountain at one at the beginning of the film. And... Oh, he's also got a comic book. And, yeah, you sit there and go, like, by that description, nothing in this film should be good. He, he's fighting aliens that uh, are all of the first name John. And <laughs> Christopher Lloyd plays one named John Big Booty. Big Booty! You know, you got John <laughs> Lithgow being completely crazy. And 
It's like this could have been Howard the Duck. Yeah, there's so many ways this could have gone wrong. Which is a movie. That, which is a movie that we're totally going to see later. But oh yeah. This could have been Howard the Duck. One hundred percent. This could have been just just bonkers and not in a good way. Yeah, or an incoherent mess. Yeah, or an incoherent mess, and yet somehow it manages to maintain like. A plot line that still manages to make sense, be as funny as it is, because it's a, it's an oddball funny, but it is definitely funny. I think actually the best joke is while they're uh, the president's preparing for war, and he ends up with a, uh, he's given what is it, the uh, uh, declaration of war, but it's the uh, short form. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's but it's like you know they basically Orson Welles's War of the Worlds was this cover up for an alien invasion that uh, because there was a Hitler like warlord on this alien on planet 10 that is now in the body of John Lithgow and he is going to try and get all of his his friends out of the 8th dimension and take over the world and then the galaxy or something like that and yeah, that that just sounds that sounds like a comic book, really. Yeah, totally. Or or an old serial, you know, like Doc Savage. Or yeah, or an old serial. Yeah, you would need it's like it's something that you would need a lot of time to build to make it make sense, make it uh, be fun, be interesting. And they managed to do it in like an hour and a half. And it's like it just—it's a movie that doesn't waste time. It—it it stops to explain things, but it doesn't stop to explain anything. I mean, like literally, there's a there's a joke in totally passing where they're walking through Bucker Banzai's Institute, and Jeff Goldblum just notices that there's this watermelon. There, it's like, what's that watermelon for? I'll tell you later. <laughs> I remember just, that, yeah. Asked and answered, got it. <laughs> you know. This, Got Dan Hidea shows up in this. So does uh, Vincent uh, Schiavelli. Like, like every character actor this, at this, this time a, pops up. Yeah, this is a who's who of character of character actors. Uh, oh God, Clancy Brown is in it. <laughs> oh man, it, we have Lewis Smith, who was uh, who was uh, what? Oh. What's his name? Hans, Tommy, Pretty Boy Tommy, or something like that. I can't remember. Perfect Tommy. Well, you know, he's not playing Perfect Tommy. I forget who plays Perfect Tommy. He's uh, Rawhide. Really? I could have swore that Lewis Smith played him. He was uh, the blonde-haired kid. Played Perfect Tommy. Okay, he, well, I might have missed who you said plays Perfect Tommy. Oh, okay. It, Lewis Smith. He was a character actor for a while there. Okay, yeah. But, like, this film is an example of the 80s obsession with Japan. Yeah. Because dying in the also, uh, Buckaroo Banzai is not only... Being, you know, supposed to be half Japanese, but he's like a samurai. He's got, at one point, he's got a kimono and he's uh, doing stuff with a little samurai sword and stuff. It's just, this is a movie that is, it's a, it's a kitchen sink movie. Anything you could think of, it has it. Yeah, it's a and very, it's very interesting movie fun. that it has so many more layers to it. I've seen them try to do it in comic books and do it in other movies, but it just, yeah, I don't know. 
it uh, it, it feels like it needs to be another film. Well, it's like it very much feels like Bubba Hotep. Okay, you know, I can see that. Very high, yeah, very high concept. Very, it's like if you any any ingredient in this film was different, it would not have probably not work. And also promised to the sequel that that will never happen. Yeah. They tried to do a TV show, but I guess Kevin Smith was working with a company who didn't actually own the rights. So... It was something like that, yeah. I want to say it was going to be for Hulu, or was it Amazon? I, it was, I think it was for Amazon, and they had realized they couldn't get the rights, which is weird. you think somebody would give up the fucking rights. They need the money. But, um... Yeah, it, what was I thinking of? Uh, yeah, so they did well, a couple Sally comic Hale books from Moonstone. That's the thing. And I believe that they're doing a novel soon as a continuation. And what, what does it say at the end of the movie? Uh, Buckley Bonsai versus uh, the World Buck- Crime League, I think? Versus the World, World Crime League. Yeah, so... Uh, Which, apparently, there were scenes of... Buckley Bonsai had a enemy, like a, a supervillain opponent that was, like, all over that film as well. Really? That was going to tie into the World Crime Crime League, and all that stuff was cut because it was like, eh, we don't need it. We'll just save all that stuff for the next film, and it never happened again. Yeah, the company sure would yeah, went out of business because on DVD because I, I would have seen the uh, I would have seen those deleted scenes then. Yeah, it's like, uh, what are you thinking? This no. is one of the very last midnight movies. It didn't do very well in regular showings. But um, I remember when I was a kid at the Glenbrook, I want to say it was Glenbrook Mall, they were showing this and Pink Floyd The Wall, and then they kind of just stopped playing newer movies, and it was just always like The Wall or something Monty Python or um, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, there's, where I was growing up in uh, in Riverside, California, there's a, there's a movie theater that did midnight showings for Rocky Horror that I'm pretty sure also did did this film every now and then yeah but I don't know well that's it for this episode those are our four movies from 1984 not all of them winners but hey it was worth it was worth finding out for myself just how bad that one one was and (laughs) for Runaway that was one that I've been I've been wanting to see yeah Runaway I loved it as a kid I really loved that movie but I did notice I saw a couple years ago and I was like "Mm, I'm not sure those robots hold up very well and then this time I was like well I'm just gonna have fun with it because a lot of it depends on the actors Tom Selleck really gives it his all yeah as I said it's you know what yeah I guess I guess in all all of these films at least our lead actor is is committed and is not bad. Right. Like, again, even uh, I like I love Buckaroo Banzai, but which you know that comment kind of makes it <laughs> sound negative. But for Supergirl, you know, yeah, Helen Slater is giving it her all. Tom Selleck is giving it his all. Yeah, and Michael Prey I mean, is I, literally giving it his all because he was never really fine. that good of an actor. Let's not ignore yeah, Nancy Allen, though. Nancy Allen's a big part good. of that, too. So. <laughs> oh, man. What's up? 
No, I said Nancy Allen's a big part of that, too. There must be a delay or we're talking over each other. I apologize, everybody. So check us out on Facebook under Video Night Podcast. You'll find all our episodes there and the archived episodes from our previous version of this show. We're putting together movies for 1985. I'm telling you right now, Lady Hawk, I can't wait. Enemy Mine. And what else? John, where can we find you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter, M-Y-U-Z-I-S-H-I-O-N. I am also doing uh, game streams now on Twitch. Uh, last couple of nights I've been doing uh, near, uh, near Replicants. I'm probably going to also do some Stardew Valley. I have to but figure out how that even works. What do you, what do, you do? How do you do this? You just play video games and you're recording it and send it out live? Yeah, I just, I just sit there and record. Uh, I've got the Twitch app on my Xbox, my PlayStation. I just go and hit broadcast and just start playing. Really? Do you get paid? I do not. Do you if get I, laid? I have a feeling that if I get enough people to start watching, <laughs> well, people will start paying me money, but this is early days. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to know. Uh, everybody, have a good night. Later. <laughs>